0: V-Ball referees and referee rant present to you the foundations of officiating. This is in the same vein as our referee roundtable and our virtual camp, the Camp About a Camp. In it, we go through some of the attributes of what it takes to be a good referee to elevate to the highest levels possible. Our third subject matter, for the love of money, a taboo subject in the officiating game that can affect your perception as one on and off the court. Be sure to check out at least two drops a week and expect something special up our sleeves. And now, the tales from the third team. Foundations of Officiating, I'm Ralph the Ref. I'm your host, as always. I'm with my super special co-host, Bernard Bone Sr. How are you, my friend? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. We're pretty high off our part three of three of our referee roundtable. I know we had a little technical difficulties and glitches, um, but I think overall we had some, a lot of positive feedback. How, how was your feeling about
1: it? I thought it was awesome. Uh, it was like starting the game. You had a little water on the court, and we had to get you know the uh, custodians out to wipe it up. They came <laughs> out and wiped it up, and we got a good game going. Yeah, pe- yeah we got a good game going, and everybody – Was patient those who could not get in on the zoom did call in the feedback that i've received was awesome uh the guests that we've had on to enhance where we're trying to go with it uh have been very supportive and looking forward to continuing as we're going to be doing
0: our virtual camp Mm. this week yeah and we we talked about it right after that and like i had a good time Uh, We're going to call it the camp about a camp, and it's going to be based on everything subject matters of how you prepare yourself to get in camp. And, you know, I just want to tell you about this mental reprieve that I have just talking to you, being able to talk shop with with the other officials. I mean, it really makes me engaged and continuously wanting to go. And, you know, you talk about the seriousness of everybody on that call. Everybody cares about officiating. And that's a subject matter that we're going to get into for the love of the game and for money. And before you start going on, I wanted to share a story about when I first started officiating, and it had nothing to do with basketball. It was flag football. And I remember the assigner, the way he would do it when I first started was he would put a list of how many games you had, and all the referees would be on that game, on on that email. And I remember I would get, you know, only two assignments. I'd see somebody have five. And I remember talking to my mentor about that. Like, I don't think that's fair. I feel like I'm, I'm better than them. And I said, let me nip that in the bud early on. I've been officiating for 30 years. I want to let you know, do not worry about the money because the money will come if you get good. And I remember that. That really guided everything that I was going to do in my flag football officiating career where I stopped doing that. I put my head down. I try to get as good as I can be. And lo and behold, I always had the most assignments week in, week out. And I want to thank you. Lucy, see, If you out there. I just want to thank you for all of those positive messages that you gave me, especially early on when I didn't know anything of anything. Uh, But that's what this is about. It's about that duality that we have, especially when we're official. Sometimes those games don't exist. I mean, right now, I mean, everyone's knocked out. No one's making any money with this. However, all the people that are engaged, that they have the love of the game, they're on these virtual camps. They're people like me that are making content and, and still trying to give back. And you, too, of course trying to get back to the community and still trying to be engaged. But I know you have a lot of thoughts. Um just talk about I guess the differences in the mental makeup of a, an official that does it for the money and does it for the love of the game.
1: Well, first and foremost, you take yourself, <coughs> excuse me, take yourself and uh you say you get into officiating, one of the things that I do is when I have a referee camp or I'm speaking to new officials, I ask them why did they get in. And you'll have some young officials who talk about they did it because they want to stay in shape. They <laughs> did it because they love the game. I played the game. Uh, then you are here. I did it because I know I can make money. And then I, really, I always go to a question that I always ask to a lot of you know, officials. And I say, who paid for a gym? You know, they go, oh, everybody raised their hand because they're proud that they go to Equins or whoever I did. You know, uh, and I say, well, what about if you run from baseline half court to baseline and you're hustling throughout a game and after the game is over, you get paid? That's money. So it's a concept of understanding that you can make money doing it. But why are you doing it? So when I go into telling them those different stories of understanding why you're doing it, why you want to do it. Those are scenarios that I always try to explain to people. So do you do it for the love of the game or do you do it for the love of the money? So if you're doing it for the love of the money, sometimes you lose focus of your mechanics, focus of rules. All you're looking for is quote unquote, who's going to give you games. You can run around to every assigner, smile in their face and take a game. Don't give any hustle. Overlap games, always get into games late. They only want to do cash games. They don't want to do a game where you got to give your your tax ID or your social security number. Uh, Those are referees that are running around hustling, just looking for cash money. And when you get to those cash monies, what happens is officials get into, they come out of a referee school, a referee organization, they get a black and white shirt. Now they want to rep the $75 pro-am game. That $75 pro-am game could be baptism by fire. Now you lose interest and officiating because you think the fourth grade cyo game is going to be the same way as that 75 dollar game because now when you go to the game the 75 dollar game it's, it's it's the play that's eating you up and when you go to the fourth grade game you have the parents that's eating you up so you have to understand and i always use this concept crawl walk jog as a new official it should never be about money it should be about crawling crawling understanding what the rules are, networking with assigners, get with one assigner. And you balance yourself out with that assigner Go to games that another referee is working, and you watch that game. So you become a student of the game. That's the love. When you see guys you know, talking to their assigner and, and, and they, they're asking for critiquing uh, and, and letting them know I'm available if you get short, that's the love of the game. That's the introduction of the love of the game. If you get a guy who does a game and he never asks you how much is the game or how much am I going to get paid for, that's the love of the game. Mm. You can tell an in officials, you know, who loves the game. They love the game because they want – when you hear an official, the first thing that he comes and he says uh, – he turns around and he says, well, how much is that game? It's like, you're a new official. What difference does it make? Mm. You want a referee. So if you want a referee, it shouldn't be about money. Right. But if it comes to being money, then you got officials that are thinking that way that this is the way I should be doing it because I heard that that's how it goes. Mm. No. And what happens is on the behalf of referees, you got to understand the other side of this, is assigners take new officials and they don't pay them. So when that, that a referee gets caught up in meeting another assigner, the first thing that comes to his mind is when do I get paid? Mm. Because the person who introduced them to it is right. not paying them. Mm. So you got to understand the balance of the love of the game, love of the money. And when you start seeing officials run from gym to park to gym to park, especially during the summers and, and, and to run to different tournaments. And they're not they're not in shape. They're walking the court. They're not practicing anything. There's no we're not working on my 10-second count. I'm not I'm not roughing off the ball. I'm not doing my clock management. All of those little things that you should be thinking about if you're thinking about the love of the game. But when you have officials that you can automatically identify, you can identify them by the first thing they say to you is, how much is that game? Mm. And you have to break them down. When I talk to officials one-on-one, I tell them just like this, don't ask anyone about money because the money will be given to you or you will be earning that because the better you are as an official and the love that you show in this game of officiating, Assigners will be looking for you to work. And because they're looking for you to work, what you think is going to happen? They're going to make sure you get paid.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. So when you turn around and you're saying to a new assigner, how much is that game? That assigner, a la myself, the first thing that comes up in my mind is, is this guy in the love of the game? Or is he in it just for money? Mm. You and I had that experience. You came to work for me. You never asked me about no money. Never. Never. You never asked me about any money. Right. And I can I, I, always... I, I can even tie that in. Sorry to cut you off. I, I could
0: tie that yeah. in because <laughs> last summer I made a, a concerted effort, a conscious decision to say I need to get better. I need to get to the next level of what I'm trying to do with my goals. I need to start reffing in the city. And before that, I'd be out here in Long Island chasing money. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm chasing money. And I realized that I had to separate myself. If I wanted to get better, I needed to come out there and get that smoke. And I remember all of my fellow officials in Long Island were looking at me like, why do you drive to the beach at Orchard Beach in the Bronx and pay $10 to ref and you don't even know what you're making? And I said, because of the opportunity in which it's presenting. First of all, I'm getting exposure. I'm getting better. and, And I'm surrounded by people that think the same way. And you can get caught up like that, too. Because just like you said, if you have an assigner that's not paying you and you're talking about that they're, they're in an entry level situation and they don't know no better, then they meet somebody like you and they ask for money. You, you, you kind of become you get influenced by the people that you first get started. Right. Um, that's an interesting that you put up there. I wanted to know about your origins of when you first started. Do you think that you started off initially of, of doing it for the love of the game or the money or and how did that start shaping when you were officiating?
1: Well, when I first started officiating, just to, you know, I was doing a little CYO basketball, and we didn't even get paid right away. It was just, I had an act for it. I loved it. I was still in the game, you know. Uh, I could make that call with two seconds left, and somebody's going to the hole uh, and walk out of there saying, I know I did the, I did the right thing or I made the right call. Or, I feel totally confident in my game. You mentioned it the other day, you know, uh, nobody does a perfect game. And, and, and I'll give a, I'll give you a story about that as well. But after I learned it and I went down and I did a game in the lawyer's league and the guy, the commissioner of the lawyer's league saw me working. And he said to me, he said, Hey, uh, who are you here to, you know, who invited you here? So I told him it was the athletic director at Xavier high school. He said, Oh, he said, you're a great official. You run that court real well. I said, thank you, sir. I didn't know who he was. To find out he was the owner of the Lawyers Athletic League. Mm. And as you know, I've been with the Lawyers Athletic League now for forty two years. So that introduction, he said, You're gonna work directly for me and I'm gonna make sure that you you handle a site. And he helped me to building my business twenty years ago. And to me, because he saw something of a and I never said to him when I knew that other officials were getting paid to what he paid me. Because all I saw was I had an opportunity to have a steady gig after I left my office environment that I wasn't doing high school ball anymore because my office environment job, I saw me working in a location that I did my craft that I enjoyed doing. And I was getting better. And as I got better, I was at West 4th Street. And then next thing you know, I was at Reese Beach. I was Highland Park. You know, all of a sudden I'm down at the Jersey Shore with the NBA Pro-Am, you know, and, and. All of those type of introductions that got me through being humble about being an official, not about money. I may have been in a different position because of my employment or the work that I did. It wasn't all about money. Did I get paid? Absolutely. Because of my abilities of officiating, it guaranteed me to make more money because people wanted a good official on me. So uh, with that being said, I had an experience that I went to Lee Jones and Dick Bavetta's camp, and, and I did very well. Uh, got into the pro-am, and uh, a guy by the name of Sylvester Dobson was a great teacher. Uh, Cecil Watkins was a great teacher. Uh, these are men uh, who actually stayed and was very involved in the pro-am, and they took a liking and gave me a lot of tutelage. I went on to get on the Dick Bavetta's tutelage. And next thing you know, I was I was uh, roughing down at the Jersey Shore Pro League. And I one day said to Dick after the game, I think it was me and Bob Delaney working. And Dick was there. It was always two games a night. And I went into the locker room and I said, Dick, I did a great job tonight. He said, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he said, and I looked at him like, yes, I did. I didn't throw nobody out. The game is finished. And there was no arguments and no fights. He said, yeah, so? He said, you're only 50% right. You remember that. And regardless of how good you may feel about it, somebody in that crowd that you don't know about is talking that you didn't call a good game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and for me, that was an education. It wasn't about me to take and get like, what do you mean? You know, no, he cared about me enough to tell me, be grounded. Be appreciative of where you are. Take your time because you would grow. And lo and behold, you know, I understood that from that point. Again, I was in an environment that I had a, a Division One, I mean, an NBA referee working with me, and he got XYZ dollars. And, yeah, I was a Pro-Am official, and I got, you know, maybe half of what he got. Mm. And I drove all the way from Brooklyn in his car with him. And to me, it was like it wasn't about the money. It was what? It was more about the tutelage. And, and that tutelage allowed me to say, and I saw a business model, so I look at it from that aspect. The love of the game has drilled me, guided me, inspired me to do the things that I do in the game. And, and as I do those things in the game, it makes me feel like I'm still reckoning. Mm. And, and, and I don't have to get paid that I'm in the game. I don't have to look for a check because I'm in the game. And if I got other officials working those, that's me blowing. When I see them work a game, I will see a TV game. I see see a rec game, I see a pro-am game, and I see one of the guys, I told him, you know, take that block charge, watch the baseline, you know, when you take your eyes up and down, watch the feet, don't just watch the ball, you know, to me, when I see a guy come out and make a block charge call, bang, you know, and he sells it, that's and and those are things that I may have seen them when I was a derv at Hoop Mountain, when I seen them, and in a later age, in the game that they're going to, I, I sit back and I say, that's my tutelage. That's my knowledge. They didn't pay me for that. So now they have to come back in tenfold. And I'm proud to say it because a lot of the officials that you've heard that come on as guests for us, those are all guys who I helped groom, give my knowledge to, and be there to support them and appreciate their growth, love their growth. And I know that their love is in the game. And they come back and they say, Oh, I don't need anything from you. I just want to help you continue being in the game the way that you helped me. Mm-hmm. So that's the love of the game. When you start hearing more about guys who call up, and here's another example for you. You get a guy today. I'm an assigner A. You're the assigner B. Uh, I give a guy a game. The game is 40 bucks. You call it. You call that same guy saying, Hey, you open Friday. I got a league game over here. It's 60 bucks. Okay. So what you do is the next minute, you know, you're calling me up. And you telling me you can't do the game because you took the game of $60. And it's cash. So you took that game. So now you get to that game. You do that game. I so happen to be wanting to go see that game. And I go in the park. And who do I see? I see you repping that game. And I could turn around and say to me, you look surprised. But I can say to you, you only did the game for money. Where are you trying to go? Where are you trying to build your career at? Where's your credibility? We talked about this. Where's your commitment? Where's your loyalty? You understand? So all of those things come into flavor. The community of basketball from the signings are very small. Mm. Second things that you run into for the love of money, you have referees that to take a game from you. Call me up because they know I do a signing. They find out that I have a game. They'll take my game and your game. Then they'll send somebody to do my game, and they go do your game. But the guy that they sent to come do my game don't show. So now – I'm sitting there and I'm saying, where you at? Oh, I got stuck at another game. So you double dipped for money because you figured the guy who pays pays you later, you can pay the guy less money so you can double dip and get paid. That's what guys do. Unprofessional. Wrong. So when you start talking about the love of money, you got to understand where you are in this game. Younger officials should be looking for all the reps that that they can get. Don't look at money. Don't talk about money. Talk about how's my whistle? How's my tone? How did my run look? Did I did I administer my files correctly? How was my tone? Did I look good out there? Those are the things that you got to understand because when you get an opportunity, as you know, our virtual, our virtual uh, camp is going to be about this, how you prepare yourself for camp. So the more rec you can get, join a summer league, an AAU or whatever, those are the times that you work on your craft, because that AAU game that you may get 30, 35 bucks for, and if you go and you use those reps wisely, you may get a junior college game at 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Because you did the time to work at your craft in an environment that can help you educate yourself. So every game is an education for you. Every game can allow you to love the game even more. But when you're in it for the love of money, it shows. Mm-hmm. It shows, and you don't even realize how much it shows because of the way you conduct yourself. Do not conduct yourself in a lack of professional way by showing up to a game late, showing up without your shirt, forgot your whistle. Uh, You know, not being prepared is a way of saying you don't care. Mm. And when you don't care, it shows. So for me, for you, what we have planned to do, we actually sat here and we talked and I said, let's do a round table. And you said, what? And what would it sound like? And I was like, I got it. No worries. And as you said, you have said the feedback that we've gotten out of three episodes of our three round tables, everybody's engaged. Everybody's calling up saying what they got out of it. What did they hear? When Al Patista threw out all those nuggets of different scenarios and what to look for, that just ran around everybody's head. And I can see somebody right now, if we had games to go to going to a game, asking that assigner, who is my partner? And calling up their partner because you have the love of the game. You want to get better, and you heard the steps that a pregame takes you to. You understand? Then you want to talk about what a postgame is. That's the love of the game. We can practice that in a recreational environment. You can practice that now. So this way, like Kevin said, you start looking at your writing skills and you'll start saying, hold on, and you're your, your, your sign is sending it back to you, Say, so it makes him understand you know, because I don't understand what you're saying. Mm. So let, those are things that you can practice. That's the love of it. But when I start and I hear so many times, how much are they paying? You're a new official. Wrong word. Wrong attitude. Uh, anything that you can do as a young official is to officiate basketball. When you start seeing your older officials and they start to say to you, I only do cash games, leave them alone. As an assigner, leave them alone. They call you and you got availability, you give them a game. But if you don't have availability, you can't take a guy who's trying to love the game and grow to taking a guy who's only doing it for money because that guy who's doing it for money is not going to be there to show how to grow another official. He's only there to get paid and go someplace else. Mm. So in my circle and my reformness of this here, like you said, my love for it is taken to another level. And how do I take it to another level? How do I teach other younger officials and older officials how to love the game for the game? How to appreciate the opportunities that's given to you as an official? How do you govern a game that you're supposed to officiate in a professional way? How do you finish that game and maybe able to write a story, a paragraph about how the game was? What could you do better in that game? That's building a history a log, a journal of where you are. I've had referees call me and say, I had this play, I had a double whistle on this, blah, 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 and they go over a scenario. And I said, how do you feel about it? Well, I thought I did this. I said, well, that's how you felt. How did your your partners feel? And he said, well, my partner thought it so. I said, that's a, that's a great dialogue because now you guys are communicating with the love of the game, not to knock the other person down or to say that call was wrong or you was wrong. And if you was wrong, you should use your communication skills that we talked about, another piece of what we talked about, to be able to articulate why you made that call and how come you saw it that way. And you were in your PCA, and that's the way you saw it. You didn't reach into somebody else's and came up with something different. Mm. You understand? So it's a lot to loving the game. Uh, The the point is, is like you said, right now we're doing Zoom. And, you know, I, I invited maybe another seven, eight people have not got on our Zoom session. Am I upset with them? No. Am I disappointed in them? No. I just say the ones that are here who are coming on, who's calling up, I'm going to see them grow. And I'm going to be proud of them that they grew. And the ones who didn't get on, if they ask me how it was, I'm going to tell them it was great. Do you want to listen to it? Listen to it. But how about listening and hearing your name called? Would you feel better? Would you feel like you're part of it? Do you feel like you took the love and showed the love in it? That's being participating in it, but no. At the end of the day, you're gonna call up and you're gonna say, "You got any openings next week? You got any games? Let me know. I'm available." And <laughs> remember, I told you the story about the guys who stay with us from six for the summer. You know, they do the beach, they do 99th Street, they do uh, Ashwell Green, they do the lawyers, they do Central Park. They do a lot of the leagues. I do <laughs> Coney Island. Okay. Now come. This is from say March all the way till November. Okay. So now, come December, you say, you had great love for me all this time. I'm making sure you got a chance to blow the whistle. You made a couple of dollars. I'm happy for you. God bless you. And then here we go. You tell me, uh, I don't have no availability because I'm waiting on my high school schedule. I'm like, what? You're waiting on a high school schedule? So your love of the game may have just hit you in the wall. Mm -hmm. Because that assigner who maybe is seeing you chase money all summer may feel that you don't have the love for him to assign you a high school game that you should have gotten before December 1st. Mm. And if you didn't get it before December 1st, maybe you're not on the top of that priority list to be giving out your assignment. So what I tell folks is always tell the assigner you're available, and if you can give them the availability of two to three days and leave another day out to so the guy who helped you, and we talk about it being loyal, and, and let that guy stay on your radar as I would tell people, stay on the payroll. And if you stay on the payroll one day, at least you're still engaged and you can get. And if you have the what you may call commitment, communication, and loyalty, you can always go back to that assignment and say, hey, I was just given a high school game. Can you get somebody to cover me for that rec game if you don't mind? That means the honesty, the loyalty, the commitment, all the love of the game in a correct manner. Got a sign that would say, I'm happy for you. Take that high school game. I'll get somebody to cover it. Oh, I'll cover it myself. You understand? Because that shows all the love. What, what I love to see is a guy who can communicate, not be intimidated about giving back a game or taking a game. It's always about the love of the game of basketball. What it can do for you, it can do nothing but make you happy. If you love it, it's going to make you happy. You're going to enjoy it. You understand? And when you're doing it for the love of money, there's gonna be a lot of rainy days, and that's why you see officials who do it for cash and for money. You know what the first thing they talk about? I hope it don't rain today. You know why? Because if they ain't got a rain site, you ain't making no money.
2: Mm.
1: And that's why you hear guys they. And then you'll get guys who say, "I only do an indoor tournament because you know what? They ain't gonna get no rainouts, so they still gonna get a check." So all of those things come into play as an assigner. As an overseer, as a mentor, I try to teach it all and explain it in a professional way, with an understanding way, and a non-biased way for them to understand. Let the love of the game dictate the abilities for you to get more games, not because you're available to make a $10 bill. Well, let me ask you something, though. In terms
0: of being an assigner, uh, I feel like people that are just in it for the money are also necessary because sometimes you just got to fill out bodies. And what if somebody is just straight up to you? Do you? Would you rather them just be straight up? And do you convince somebody that does it for the love of the money to try to get them and to flip on the other side and do it for the love of the game? Do you give them that conversation? You just let them be.
1: Absolutely. I know. I, 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 I'll tell them, I'll give them advice. Uh, and it could be a scenario that, like you said, it's a veteran official. He had his run. At the NCAA, he had his run at high school, and now he just dug direct ball, and he just, I'll tell him, you know, one of the things you got to remember is put yourself in a position that you're involved with assigners that you can actually c- continue to show some passion for what you do, and you have some loyalties to to that assigner, and you make yourself available to that assigner, and you don't chase everybody that call you up to cover a game. When next week, they, and, and you're just trying to, they're trying to get you to cover something for somebody for one week. That's building relationships within us. For me, I always try to be upfront. I would rather a person come and tell me. I've had a number of officials, number of officials, call me up during the high school season and say the high school game is a half an hour late, but my rec game that I'm I'm going to be late. You know what I say? Thank you for the heads up. I'll put that on the other officials. That's there. I'll call the league office, Olympic league office. No, we're talking about two months. But you handled it in a professional way. You handled it in a way of showing the love of the game. You didn't let the game be secondary because you had a high school game or you had a college game. I've had guys who have got college game and they'll call me up and say, "Can I? Uh, can you get me some work because I got a big high school game, I mean a big college game on Friday or Saturday. I have a few of those officials, and you know what I do? I get another official that I know, and I'll ask the guys who I assigned that game to first. I will move them to that person, that referee, or be prepared because I know why he's asking for that extra rep. He wants to show confidence, and he wants to be totally confident in how he goes out and presents himself at that big college game. We have some younger officials who are doing junior college and college Division three. They call me up. I tell them to call me and I'll get them with another high school official that's just breaking in and so that they can work on the game. And the reason why I do that is because I know that they have the love for the game and it's not the money in the game. Mm. But at the end of the day, the hype the college guy or the junior college guy who still does high school, but he is still, he's doing a junior college or well, he's doing a division three. He can tell that young man how to be more positive because he's learning how to be a referee. So when he goes to do that college game, he has to learn how to be a referee. He don't want to be an an umpire all the time. So that's growth. That's growth. My job as an assigner is to teach. My job as an assigner is to cover games, absolutely. And there are going to be scenarios that I'm covering a game with a body, knowing that that body is only into it for the money. And I can respect that. And My expectation of that in the individual is not to hope to engage him with someone he can try to quote unquote direct them to thinking in that manner. You understand to thinking in that. Oh, I need cash. You got referees that tell you, like I said earlier. You got referees to tell you, I don't do nothing but cash games, and that. So you know who that referee is. So what you do is you don't try to put him in an environment that he can go to a game. He's not refereeing. He's mad because because he's mad because he's getting uh, uh, he's getting a game with someone else. Uh, that's actually interested in going to a college camp. He's going to be telling that guy, oh, this guy is, is that negative, as you say, that negative Nelly that want to talk about the camps ain't going to do nothing for you. I don't know why you do that and all those kind of things. So you try to keep the negatives away as much as you try to influence, but you got to understand it from the assigner. You got to understand your, your staff or you got to understand your subordinates, you got to understand your fellow officials. Whichever category you wanna call it, you gotta be able to understand it, dissect it, make it a positive. And as they deal with you, as you deal with them, you understand, you know, where they are. And you know, you have dealt with me. And I said to you, if you need a check, I'll send it to you now. Yeah. And, and you turn around and say, no, nah, sorry, you can send it to me later. You have sent that to me, say, yeah, can you send it right away? Absolutely, you can have it, it's yours. And I've paid people ahead of time. And because they're liability, they're loyal, Uh, their liability is less because they are being paid up front to do a job. But I also have a relationship with them that I can pay them before they even work because I know, one, they're loyal, they're professional, and they're interested in being a better official.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So, So all of those little things come into play, and this love of the game, this love of money, is something that an assigner realizes they may not all be able to articulate it. They may not all be able to talk about it. But for me, I don't have a problem telling you that I understand where you are. I need to cover a game. And if you need your $50 bill, here's your $50 bill. But I know that I don't need you in a rotation when I usually pay at the end of the month. Mm. You you understand? So those are the things that you got to think about when you you come to to that scenario, you know? My final
0: question to you with regards to for the love of the money or for the love of the game, is it possible for an official to equally like both of those traits equally, can you have love of the game and love of the money and be driven by both of those things?
1: Absolutely. I I totally agree. There's nothing wrong with it, but keep it in perspective. You understand? Your first question out your mouth should not be how much is that game, but you also know you want to get paid for that game. Mm. You understand? So you also understand there's certain environments that you get a check later on. PSAL don't pay you on the spot, but you want a PSAL schedule and you want a lot of games. But at the end of the day, when they finally pay you, then you got your money. So there are venues that officials who love the game for money, they don't worry about money because that money is good money that's coming from whoever that vendor is. But then you got, you got, did you guys say, street leagues or street tournaments or, you know, pop-up tournaments or whatever. Sometimes they don't want to deal with a guy who's a commissioner of a league who's writing a check. Because the check bounced, then it's a confrontation. So that's where an assignment may come in, I, lie myself. I pay the referee. If that, assign, if that league folded, it's on me. It's not on them. If I'm in charge of my— Nobody in, under B-ball referees' umbrella that any event that I have ran can ever say they never got paid. Now, I haven't got paid sometime, or I got paid very late. But that's not their responsibility. My responsibility is to have a game covered. My responsibility is to motivate officials to be better officials. My 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 responsibility as a mentor, a leader, an assigner, an owner of an organization is to make sure I instill positiveness and, and leadership in officials to understand. Even if you love the game for money, have it in perspective that you don't overexpose yourself to get yourself hurt just for a dollar. Mm. There's a lot of officials that will overexpose themselves because they had a black and white. And the guy up the blocks know that you just passed a referee class. You may not be ready for that neighborhood tournament that everybody wants to knock somebody in the head if they win it or lose it. You understand? So for me, yes, you can do both. It is, a, it, it, it is, it's being done all the time. It's just understanding if that's what you choose to do as a, as a referee, you do not do not turn and demoralize or demotivate or try to demotivate another official because that other official is not interested in dollars and cents because like we said if you want to get to the big dance you will get paid uh. and the time that you gave your games and did games and helped out and and, and I tell people like this when a high school season comes you should send an email to every high school coach and say hey, listen if you scrimmage and you need somebody to just cover your game I'll come over and help out you know I just want to get some reps guess what happens that high school coach, uh, that high school coach said this guy's pretty good. at What do you think that high school coach is going to do? He's going to call that assigner and say, this guy came over here to help out. Mm-hmm. So that assigner may not want to give you no games, but guess what? That high school coach just told that assigner, make sure you give this guy some games. Mm-hmm. So all of those things is how good officiating the love of the game can help you to earn an income from the game. And that all the things that you do, if you're doing it for money, It limits you because sometimes you're only taking cash games and sometimes you don't do tournaments because they are not paying cash or you don't want to do them because you don't feel that they're going to give you the money in a timely manner. So that's the difference. When you start to thinking about the love of money, the love of the game. And all I can say is the love of the game is a lot better than the money. As much as people may think it's better because the money definitely will come and I'm a product of it. I know it. I understand it. And I believe in it. And I believe everybody can have fulfillment in earning some dollars with the love of doing the officiating business. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly
0: agree. And I'm I'm united in that front of the love of the game. I know um, something that I definitely want to say is that definitely when it comes to this officiating game, you can't put a dollar amount on an opportunity. And I'll give you an example. Me and Bernard, I mean, we, we could talk about it all day. We have so many conversations, we have barely talked about money, ever. You know, I'm I'm thinking about all this art that we created. We have not one time talked about a dollar amount. And you know why I don't talk about a dollar amount? Because I know about the opportunity that this is presenting. Somebody that's an influencer in this game, especially around our area, the tri-state area, the New York City area, of your words. And your words matter. And I understand the platform in which that I have, that I have, um, a bit of influence. The fact that we joined together and we never talked about money, it's amazing. And I know that it probably will yield some money at some point. Uh, but like I said, you cannot put a dollar amount on money, on 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 an opportunity. That is, you cannot put a dollar amount on opportunity. Um, this has been great. Absolutely. I, I know that I know that you went off because you had a lot of things that you wanted to say. Is there anything else that you want to say uh, before we conclude this?
1: No, I'm just looking forward to like we said. Taylor the 13th, we got a lot more to go. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, uh, this, is, this is like, you know, I'm hyped about it. We're loving it. We're taking advantage of this, op- this opportunity to create something and stay in the game. As we talk about people and we talked about communicating, we talked about the commitment piece. We talked about the loyalty. Now we talk about the love of the money or the love of the game. But then the whole bigger picture of all of this is what are you doing with it as an official? Hmm. How, do you, how do you actually apply it? Where do you fit in this module? And if you know that you're working on your communication skills, great. How about your commitment? Are you commitment to your rule book? Are you committed to picking up and building a relationship with another referee that you guys can go over plays? Do you say when somebody, you tell somebody you're going to call them back? <clears throat> Are you loyal to your word? So all of those little flavors that we're bringing to the table, all we're here to do is motivate instill guidance, let people see that we love this game. And because we love it, we're doing what we do. Mm. And we we look at it from a standpoint, we want to help you. Whoever you are listening, we're here to help you. Mm. Now you have to do what? Love the game like we have and help yourself. And if anything that I can do, and everybody knows who I am, how to get to Mr. B very quickly, I'm here and I'm available. And I will continue to be available help any official at any subject and regarding the basketball it comes down to finance building a portfolio learning how to do your financial planning call me we can go over it and I can share those increments moments of how you do your financial plans like I can deal with a basketball court as a referee Mm. and if I can do that for you that shows me the diversity in me and I want to see the diversity in you and I want to help you take that diversity and become a better official and love the game. Mm. So, all that love that I got out of it has helped me to be who I am. And all I'm here to do is give it to you. We thank you for always
0: sharing your wisdom. Um, I can't believe we're not even halfway done. And we got so much in store. Looking forward to that camp. Um, again, this is Bernard Bowen Sr. This is Ralph the Ref. This is Tales from the 13 Foundations of Officiating. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs> Made it still the same now